This Short Code podcast is a proud member of the MedEd Media Network. Inspiration, information, and guidance on your journey to medical school and beyond at mededmedia.com. Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the Short Code podcast. Weird news, fresh views, helpful clues, and interviews by students for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcoat.com. Welcome back to the Short Coat Podcast, a production of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. I'm Dave Etler. Here with me today, it's the Fun Friends. What was your name for yourselves? Oh, sweet. <laughs> I call us the Lady Boss Squad. The Lady Boss because Squad. we are now entering that phase, right? We are yes. going to be residents and... You know, we've always aspired to that, except for maybe Kylie. <laughs> I don't know what to do with her today. Uh, that was Danielle Schilling, her first time on the show. Yeah. Woo. You know what? F you, Danielle Schilling. <laughs> I'm going to take that as a compliment. For taking your damn time <laughs> to being on the show. Olivia Pittman. Same to you, Olivia Pittman. <laughs> Say hi. Hello. There you go. Kylie Miller is here. Per usual. And Aaron Pazaski is back after a long hiatus. It's me. Just clarification of some statements that will probably be made later is that Danielle and I are roommates. Yes. And have lived together for all four years of med school. Over, well, there. we moved in the summer before the first year of med school. Yes. And Olivia and Aaron practically live at our house. That's true. So. Aww, that's sweet. And we're all going to be in a wedding together. Very also soon. True. I mean, marrying each other. <laughs> and... Friendly. <laughs> Friends who are in weddings together get coronavirus and together. And then they'll, <laughs> yeah, they do. And then they'll couples match and it'll be beautiful. Actually, we Kylie and I talked about that. I we actually like legitimately talked about couples matching together. It mm-hmm. kind of fell through because we both got boyfriends and then I got rid of mine. But <laughs> 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 and, um, it was mostly for the cat parenting and like yeah. we get along, but yeah. um, we you can still like not co- Parent? No, we oh, couples match. Yeah, child couples together. Couples match. Yeah, you can couples um, match no matter what kind of couple you are. But like compare cities. Yeah. But as far as coronavirus goes, if you read the news, you probably know that Washington is like massively infested, and that's where our beautiful friend Erin is marrying one of our other dear f- medical student friends, Stephen, in just a couple weeks. I'm glad you think he's a dear friend. He is a dear friend. I was friends with both of them before they became lovers during Ew. our first year. <laughs> Put that sentence back in your mouth. But Kylie's relationship with Steven is usually her like screaming at him. I feel so. like she's That's a little nice jealous of your friend. That is Kylie's relationship with a lot of people. True. A yelling yeller, not a fighter. Yeah. She expresses her love that way, I suppose. She does. They're great. Yeah. They're going to be a power doctor couple. If we don't get Corona and die, yeah, you're, you're no, not going to get won't, Corona and because die. you're under thirty and the risk is point zero two percent. Just checked. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah, I may have to change the name of the podcast for this week to be the Coronavirus Podcast because everything is happening right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean COVID, the five emails that COVID nineteen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. For instance, uh, apparently the AAMC, the American, the Association of American Medical Colleges. Uh, sent out an email basically canceling some conferences and then they sent out another email saying you know we really don't think you should do match day and oh. that, and then um, Chris Cooper just sent out another email saying we, we might not do match day we're not sure um, that's really what's the problem with match blows. day just having people in the same space mm-hmm. traveling to get yeah maybe maybe grandma and grandpa who are especially at risk from from uh, 
coronavirus. I, I don't know. I haven't read all the emails yet. Like literally I sat down to do this and these guys are like, look at all these emails. And I, I had, have no idea what's well, going on. I will say that some of them are literally just duplicate emails from people not communicating. So. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Five emails in a row. Um, We're doing a great job of panicking here at the... If we name this episode the coronavirus, does that mean I can get it, please? Why, why? I really want the coronavirus. Why would you? I want don't know that? if this is how it works. I haven't done enough research, but you know, I'm going to be a resident. Might as well get it out of the way with. Uh, this is my theory. And you're going to what kind of resident are you going to be refreshing? An internal medicine yeah. resident. Okay. I'm sure my residency would not be excited to hear me say these words, but you know. Well, I'm worried about it. Like, I fear we're all going to get it anyway, or like, right. like we it's are. not going to be severe for us. Knock on wood, maybe. But if we get it sooner rather than later, or if they put travel precautions on, like, say, Washington, you know, we and we have to quarantine for two weeks, I'm just worried about not finishing and not getting my last two weeks of med school off to just, like, flear, flip, float, flutter Can my hair in the wind. A uh, what are you, can you edit about? that? I think I'm having a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> no, can, please leave it in. <laughs> can we request a policy right now that if we get the coronavirus, that's just, like, free time and we can still graduate? I, like, I feel like they would. I feel like they wouldn't be like, oh, you didn't, you know, like... You got the coronavirus and, you know, now you have to continue to go to rotations through the end of med school or into June. You know, like they're not going to make you do that. Well, I was mm -hmm. like, maybe I could just come up with a research project. Also, no, I the coronavirus. <laughs> yes. What if what we could do a research project with the four of us quarantined together? Mm. What should it be? I'm looking at something you know, like, yeah. like Why are you psychological. Me? I feel like it would be a, you know, a you've done more research study and isolating four females together. Yeah. This be like. We do that like every Friday night with the bottle of wine. That's <laughs> awesome. Or your blue drink. I'm really disappointed I didn't bring that in today. Danielle tells me, okay, guys, when we first started out, she was very like calm, peaceful, sweet, like well-behaved <laughs> individual. And then she was talking about like bringing drinks to the podcast so that we could just be like sipping on juice. I okay. have to, <laughs> you I have, have not say. had Kylie's blue drink, first off. Second off, my mom is going to listen to this podcast. So sorry, mom. <laughs> Which is why I didn't mention other things. <laughs> can I, I i did want to talk you know it's two weeks before match we we did uh we we did sort of briefly talk about how match day probably is canceled i don't know probably no. I don't, maybe is canceled the the but the more important part is the actual matching but i did want to make sure i checked do you guys want to talk about match because you might be all freaked out and maybe don't want to i don't care i mean I don't they're care. all submitted we can't yeah do anything about it now and so. interesting perspectives from a couples matcher true and we're all four going into different fields emergency yeah. medicine yeah general surgery psychiatry internal medicine all right um yeah so the other day uh i you know the other day there was a student affairs staff meeting and uh the registrar's office registrar's unit um meeting matt and annette got up in front of everybody and presented what will happen in match day because we got a lot of new employees and they wanted to bring everybody up to speed so what will happen match week and I was sitting next to Kate, for whom this will be her first time witnessing the match process, um, my coworker in, in writing a humanities program. She kept saying things under her breath like, that is so weird. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, and I've been here for 18 years. I've kind of gotten used to the idea of how match works. Um, but it is kind of crazy. I feel like there's no other situation like this in the world of employment. 
No, and explaining it, I mean, nobody in my family is in medicine, and most of my friends from growing up, none of them are in medicine, so they'll all text me back and say, when do you have a second interview, or when do you hear back? But I'm like, oh, this isn't how that works at all. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Or, like, you don't get to choose, you know, you don't get to choose. I mean, you do. You have to make this list, right? But my grandma's like, so what if you, like, choose three places and they all want you? And I'm like, no, you get one. Like, you get matched with one program. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and my boyfriend can't fathom the fact that, like, you go to all these interviews and you kind of sign, like, acknowledgments that they provided you with employee packets and, like, things about benefits and stuff so that you can be contractually matched. Like, you open it and it is legally binding. Like, you face consequences or legal action or, like, all of these things they tell you that if you aren't willing to go to that program, you, you can, like, be booted out of the match in future years or things like that, but... He's like, so you've already signed a contract, but you don't know where you're going. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Technically, I think we've only signed a contract for the first 45 days. But like, who's going to go to residency for 45 days and then be like, peace, y'all. Yeah, they usually like you to go longer. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. And then there's the whole computerized uh, uh, computerization part of the match, uh, the the algorithm that everybody sweats over and tries to maybe tries to game or maybe just kind of like, "Eh, I'm going to. It's actually okay. I'm, I'm going to be kind of devil's advocate on this. I actually think that the matching algorithm is beautiful. and It is quite interesting. Given the constraints of the system, to me, it actually seems like the most logical way to do it. But it doesn't mean that it doesn't suck. Like, it's still a horrendous process and no one likes it. Well, if there's nothing med students like more, it's being out of being unable to control oh, yeah. their fate. That's we love that. True. Yeah, so if you don't know, the, the, the algorithm basically um, attempts to make the perfect match between med student and program. The algorithm has a slight bias for the med students. It did not, wasn't always that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but in recent years, uh, the students have the slight edge. And it's basically, you know, each student in each program ranks their choices of the people that they've interviewed with. And the algorithm attempts to put the best couples together from those rankings and uh, it's insane um it's uh, so and on monday of match week um you find out yes or no yes you matched or no you didn't and then you have to wait five days <laughs> to find out where you matched so you know that's the part where kate was like what <laughs> and i will say like they sent out an email right after you certify your list and like the deadline comes up somebody posted on our class facebook thankfully that was like hey heads up they didn't tell us but there is a general email that goes out telling you to like set up your soap profile if you don't match like start working on this application in case you like need to like scramble into a program yeah Yeah. so no one gave us a heads up and then out of nowhere at like 7 p.m at night you get this email that's like welcome to the soap and you're like what? Yeah. That's the supplemental offer and acceptance program. Yeah. Which used to be like the scramble. Yeah, they right? used to call it the and scramble, I, I think. It's annoying to me that so it's if not you the soap. Don't match, you just try to get a spot in whatever positions didn't fill. Which is why which is the reason for the delay between Monday and Friday, because they want three rounds, basically three days of soap. Yeah. For everybody to get matched. Um, or as many people as possible. So assuming they don't cancel match day, <laughs> will you be oh, having family? No. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
I don't know, it's the kind of thing where it's like you could be really happy, but also kind of want to be alone with that information. Or like if I'm sad, I didn't want my family to make the whole trip out here and then feel like I needed to entertain them or things like that. But my best friend is coming out. So in good times or bad times, we'll just drink. (laughs) <laughs> Which I feel I'm going like, to have a lot of drinking edits for Kylie. <laughs> you have to edit out drinking? No, I don't. <laughs> oh, no, I don't know. I'm not a big drinker, but like whether we celebrate or like are sad, that's kind of the person I wanted to do it with. So yeah. it's like low stakes. My family is coming out uh, again from Washington. So hopefully not get, bringing Corona with them. We're getting perhaps I get to meet coming. all the pizzazzes. That's yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. They'll be here. Um, but, you know, since I went to school so far away from home. They haven't been a part of a lot of the milestones in person, at least. Yeah. Um, and then just because I like to put all my stress in my life at the same time. Yeah, my wedding's a week after match. So that's good. So <laughs> that was good planning. My birthday's the day after match. And then we fly back to Washington and then do a bunch of wedding stuff. And then all that happens in like a week. So they're going to fly out and be here for match day. And then we all go back to Washington for that so we're all gonna go party yeah exactly because we are all in the wedding party no one tell her how stressful the bachelorette party's gonna be (laughs) oh what do you mean we'll talk later we have insider knowledge oh wow we'll talk later Olivia is your partner coming to match match? day since it's his fate too is it on a Friday no no he's not coming he has to work okay you riding solo Mm -hmm. we will celebrate with you yeah we'll like huddle in the same area of Murph together well i have good feelings about uh your guys and your chances so thanks Thanks. i have good feelings about yours too thank you (laughs) uh we have a listener question to consider this week from coleman i am a senior undergrad who will be starting medical school this summer i was wondering is it necessary to know your specialty before coming to med school or is it better to keep an open mind Uh. Will not knowing what I want to specialize in put me at an early disadvantage to work towards a good residency. Thanks for your help. Coleman, uh, say it with me, everybody. No. No. Slow your roll, Coleman. What was that? Slow your roll. Slow your roll? Slow your roll. Well, as somebody who thought she was going into general surgery and is now going into psychiatry, I can tell you no. And you thought about dermatology, too, for a while, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. And Danielle was... Like certified OB guy and hardcore when she came in. But I kept an open mind. I always said, I'm not certain. And I think that is key. Keep Mm -hmm. an open mind. Like, it's fine to come in with an idea because people do. But I mean, I came in knowing I wanted to do something surgical and I had personal experiences in orthopedics. So that's what I was most interested in. Um, But fell in love with general surgery and all of its branches. So I made sort of a switch, but I knew surgery since I was a kid. So that part didn't change. And I had experience in emergency medicine was pretty sure that's what I wanted to do. Um, even then, like, this is an opportunity to see something you've never seen before. I didn't come from a medical family. I thought, like, I have exposure to EM, but maybe I would like something more. I was in the pediatric interest group, the internal medicine interest group. Like, all these things have free lunches. So, like, obviously, don't limit yourself and go eat free food. Here about other things. You're going <laughs> to rotate on all of them. And if you've already made up your mind and seem disinterested or things like you're not entering it with a growing like a growth mindset it's going to be a lot more boring for you and people are going to be more annoyed with you um it's impossible to be so certain if you've never had exposure to things you're not at a disadvantage take a deep breath and chill yeah you know, really chill after so many years of doing the show i've begun to cringe every time i hear uh the word disadvantage as in like am i going to be at a disadvantage or am i going to have a you know it, 
it just calls to mind a culture of like stepping on others to get to the top. And I think that's probably, there's probably schools that are like that. There are schools that are like that. Um, so I don't know. I, I wish people would stop thinking in terms of disadvantage, especially so early on. Um, it's not all about uh, getting an advantage over other people or, or getting a leg up over other people. I just, you know, like, just, I hope everybody just tries to control that thought right just be genuinely you explore the things you're interested in and that will show when it comes around to your application process like if you do some sort of like pre-programmed process because you think that's what you're supposed to do and you hate it and you have to write like a personal statement on that like it's gonna show i don't know be just be genuinely yourself and explore the things you're interested in and it'll all work out and everything is so related. I mean, you can do research in a field and then not end up applying for that residency, but that that doesn't take away from those experiences and how hard you worked or why you were interested in that pro or in that research from the beginning. You know, that doesn't go away. So, if you think you want to go into something and you spend your summer between M1 and M2, you're doing the research track, and then you find out, no, that's not what I want to do. Hey, that's that's still useful information. You found out you didn't want to do that, and you still worked on a great project. So. Yeah. And do what makes you happy, because if you're a miserable shrew, no one's going to want you in any specialty. Um, Amen. For, you know, uh, maybe a couple and I won't name them here (laughs) or miserable shrews thrive. Um, But like, I know I'm not a research person. And sure, you can do research in EM, but I did other things that I enjoyed and that I was passionate about that maybe aren't explicitly like EM related. And yet I was able to talk about that passionately and uh no one on the interview trail i got interviews where i wanted and no one said why didn't you do research they said like oh you like to create or like collect fun socks that are unique and weird and show me your socks like really yeah i talked about socks in almost every single interview kylie how many pairs of socks did you wear to take step one i wore well five six i wore six socks but they were all different. They're, none of them were paired because I couldn't decide on my favorites. And so I layered them, which actually looked very suspicious inside the Prometric Test Center. Because they make you like roll down your socks and pockets and things when you go in and out every time. They've probably seen it all. Uh, yeah. So I had my socks like all picked out. I was going to wear two, like, two socks on each feet. And then Danielle got us all matching socks for step one day. And so then I wore six socks. My feet were very warm and snuggly. And I did actually mention that specific story on, uh, on the interview trail. And people just thought it was hilarious. Um, yeah, I think it, okay, so Coleman, real talk here. If you're, I don't know if this is true of you. I don't know if you're just asking this question because you're curious or because you're really worried about it. But if, but if you are worried about it, I think you're pushing too hard. You're going to get a psychological hemorrhoid. (laughs) I think, um, I think, uh, you know, just go into it, enjoy, be prepared to enjoy it. Please don't, also, pre meds, please don't quote, prepare for med school. Like, don't study. No, please don't. uh, Before you get into med school. Um, Don't try to make yourself more competitive before you get into med school. Push thoughts of, you know, whether I, you know, am prepared or not for med school out of your mind. When you get here, our job is to prepare you for what you will be learning. That's, yeah, that's our job. You guys want to know what I did before med school? Yeah. Yes. I went to, so I lived here before. So I went to Hardin, which is the medical library, like right down the street. I pulled out Leninger's biochemistry textbook and sat down and tried to read it. But I did it. I did it because <laughs> I thought that I wasn't going to be 
smart enough to do well in med school. Which is crazy because she is like one of the smartest people in our class. I'm I'm not like trying to flatter her and I know I would be doing the same thing if anyone said that about me, but like she's seriously one of the smartest people in our class. Yeah, And we all three, we like kind of came from different places, different backgrounds. I had a couple years off. Like you came right in, Danielle. I came right in, but I was a psychology major in undergrad. So we all did a summer program that like Iowa offers. It's called Introduction to Medical Education. Um, and it's a six week kind of like on ramping for like getting adjusted to the school and social stuff in med school, but also like doing basic anatomy and the biochemistry, kind of just all the lectures that you're going to get in the first like quarter of med school. So all three of us were in that. And I remember day one showing up and like, Olivia was answering questions and I was like, this girl's smart. Why is she in here? Because like my MCAT was like a little bit lower than the average. Um, So it was like for people who might have had time off or like academically be and made me a little bit like less prepared. So just remember that going like she's thinking she doesn't know enough and is trying to read this biochemistry textbook. I'm looking at her going, I know absolutely nothing. And just thinking about which cat I was going to go get at the shelter. (laughs) Like because it don't study your things, but like we that summer spent ourselves uh, spent our time making ourselves very comfortable for starting med school um well you're contradicting me now well in preparation not i'm saying set yourself up for success not in studying and like academic success and things that comes whether or not people did it we all end up being academically successful yeah but like we were here early enough that we got the furniture we needed i had my desk set up like I'm we a big started our grand love nester. affair. Yeah. Oh, well, we got our first child. Yeah, we got the <laughs> Yeah. And so our our, our boxes were boxes. Oh, that's so Midwestern. Our boxes. <laughs> Kill me now. Um, <laughs> our boxes were unpacked. Like everything was in its place, and I felt very at home. By the time I started school, I knew the bus system. I wasn't having Wi-Fi problems. Like it took out every concern outside of school. So that when I got here and was actually like being given tools that weren't me just like rambling and scrambling through flashcards and things that it all balanced out okay so maybe i should modify what i said which is you don't have to you don't have to do any of that if it makes you happy to do it i guess you could do it right be you but do yeah i mean do the things that like you genuinely want to do yeah travel do your hobbies uh all that stuff before you get here um don't do don't drugs. think don't think that you have to yes don't do drugs don't drive drunk right right don't don't, don't do stupid things don't go to jail even if those stupid things bring you joy like don't, don't do those things. <laughs> and don't pre-study it's not Ugh. yeah but olivia did you finish the book or like no did you it didn't help okay. at all <laughs> no totally useless waste of time so and she could have done something else with that time like found five cats to adopt or you or know use some of her did mom you, artistic did skills did it panic you though were you like oh shit I, I don't know any of this i already knew i didn't know it okay that's why i was trying to read the book so you're just like okay <laughs> i don't know it and now i read a book and i don't know confirmed. it confirmed she did great exactly. i just went on a bunch of vacations and then showed up like the day before you're the vacation started. queen I look at your Insta and and what you're like everywhere where where did i just um, go miss I, I got engaged in iceland yeah Okay. Right, okay, so that's like one, yeah. You're the travel, I'll say travel queen, not vacation <laughs> queen. But you, uh, I feel like every time, like if I see a photo of you on Instagram, it's like in some... Other country? Although maybe they're all taken in Washington. Where a lot are, of them, oh, yeah. Where there are mountains and shit. Well, that I don't yeah. <laughs> Dave, let us also point out that social media is a curated form of self-presentation and not our actual lives. So Aaron's a lying sack. 
I'm just saying <laughs> that if Aaron's uh, proposed reality on social media makes you feel bad about yourself, you should maybe step away from social media because yeah, they don't like Olivia and I. I have. love, I love, well, looking, I love looking at the picture. Social media didn't show Aaron eating pizza off a floor last week in my apartment. <laughs> we were all eating pizza on the floor. <laughs> it wasn't just yeah, me. but my Instagram is the kind that actually like shows that sort of. I don't know. There's a picture of me on on my Instagram where I went to the grocery store at like 1 a.m. and I bought a Venus flytrap and a bottle of Pepsi. So not all of it is me on vacation. But no, I, do, I mean, I do like to travel. That's I feel like that's what my family prioritized when we had time together. We liked to go travel instead of buy something new. We'd rather buy a ticket to go somewhere and um, spend time. And a lot of our vacations were maybe not the typical way people would spend their time abroad. Like we went hiking in Scotland and watched golf and uh, you know, we chose to do things like camping and hiking instead of sitting on beaches or going to resorts and stuff. And if you like to do that stuff, that's great. But we like to get out and be active. So we like to go do that in as many places as we can. If I had, if I, if I had uh, 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 money to travel, I would be the resort type, <laughs> I think. Well, I would want to stretch out a hand and have a drink appear in my hand. It's fun and then to bring it back and sip it. Do a mix of those things, like not always resorts or not always uh, roughing it out in tents with badgers waking you up, oh, shredding yeah. their prey in the middle. That of the was night. terrifying. We we all went camping. When was this? Like months ago. It was last May. Um, no, last July. July, but not, that's relevant. Kylie and I were in a tent, and I'm so glad that she woke up because I don't know how I would have ever explained it to someone else. But we woke up and there was this terrifying sound, and like. The bushes were going crazy and there's something in the water and then kylie woke up so i'm glad that i wasn't the only one who heard it and so the next morning i went on youtube and looked up sound clips from animals that lived in the area and it was a badger so if you ever want to a badger listen or sounds like go to youtube and look up like badger growl and badger screaming it sounds yeah. like a demon it was awful really and it happened the second night too mm-hmm. yeah badger screaming badger screaming it is it is rough. I've played it for some people on the interview trail. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> your interview trail was much different than mine. Yeah. Okay, that's what I've heard. <laughs> but let's just point out that these are the things that make your potentially make your interview trail really interesting and make you stand out as a person. And that's not like the things you're doing in the classroom, right? Like, actually, you win people over with funny stories about socks and badgers, maybe more so than you do with your step one score. Yeah. And like a plug to, I think, people... Not necessarily saying that people make it miserable for them, but like we like to kind of demonize med school and be like, oh, it's so hard. It's like not fun. And, you know, I'm always on the podcast saying what a great four years it's been. Um, but we didn't make med school an excuse to not do things. We so took weekend trips and people are like, yeah, we're not financially in a place where it's like I can hop on a plane and go to Australia for two weeks. We took weekend trips, um, you know, go to state fairs, especially if you're in med school in a different place from where you've been. Or, you know, you're in the Midwest. There's a lot of Californians out here in Iowa who are like, I just can't wait to get home. Like, I'm in Iowa because this is where I got in, which is annoying because there are so many cool things to do. I challenge you to give me a med school that I could not find numerous things around to do and entertain yourself on a budget and for fun and, like, be a weekend warrior. Um, Because just like Aaron's Instagram proves, like, we don't have to be rich or have a lot of time to do cool things in med school. Yeah, just make your free time count, I feel like. We always, or I always tried to prioritize going, if I had a free weekend, like it was the weekend after you took a shelf exam between rotations, like we, I drove to Kansas City for one weekend or just go camping for a weekend or do anything that's different for a weekend because um, 
those times might be further and further apart. So you enjoy them and you don't don't take them for granted. Did you have to come to that conclusion though? Like, did you come into med school knowing that that's what you were going to do, or re- did you have to, I don't know, realize that after maybe a semester of like? No, I don't think so. Yourself up. Okay. I mean, I I bought football tickets the first semester. And I remember talking to other students who were like, oh, wow, how do you sacrifice that time every weekend? And it's like, oh, it's just a couple hours. And I'd much rather spend a couple hours with friends and enjoy the game than um, and have to work a little later that night or the next day than, than not get to do something like that at all. So mm-hmm. so I'm like more of an introvert and I spend my time at home. Well, okay. That's what this I is, sensed okay, this about is, you. Yes, this is following the, you know. <laughs> yes, the see, so you I was a little right. You're a little right. It's just if you really get to know me, I'm actually, I feel like a louder person than I well, I'm annoyed that I didn't get to know by you other earlier. people. I mean, Aww. we still have, we still have some time to make up for it. I know. Um, the point I was trying to make though is that like <laughs> having really good friends in medical school that um, gorge themselves on donuts in front of you, like that's also a huge part of it. Because hungry, <laughs> which is why I bought, brought them. Thank I'm, you. I'm glad that you're eating them. Um, like I wouldn't have done all of these things if it weren't for these people here that mm. were like hey danielle come along like do these things like so that's another like really huge part of it is like i mean here in this room like these are my lifelong friends oh and i'm gonna cry because this is the great divorce of 2020 where uh. kylie and i part ways and she takes both cats and both <laughs> that makes me sound evil <laughs> well i don't really want mowgli oh. <laughs> he's a demon and bagheera really doesn't want me so you had no choice i'm left, no real choice. I'm left on my lonesome but um yeah no i just yeah shout out to these amazing women who really make this lady boss squad the lady boss squad so nice are you guys uh you guys think you might match at walmart walmart well, Walmart, uh, America's largest retailers, began testing a new concept <laughs> near Atlanta called Walmart Health. Patients can get checkups, treatment for chronic conditions, get lab work, x-rays, dentistry, mental health counseling, all kinds of stuff. Rates are affordable, even without insurance. For, for instance, a checkup will cost 30 bucks. Therapy sessions are 60 According to Walmart CEO, at 15% of the U.S. economy, healthcare is a tempting opportunity. I'm not tempted. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's pluses and minuses, right? I mean, you, yeah. there, I think decreasing access to care. That's never a bad thing. I mean, if people were otherwise not going to seek care or establish a relationship with providers, then that's a positive. But I feel like this is not how I would, if I were to pick how it came out, I wouldn't add uh, providers through Walmart. That doesn't really make a lot of sense to me, but. I guess I'm skeptical that Walmart's in it for the right reasons. Bingo. Yeah, well, what they've done to yeah. small towns and come in and take over for the mom and pop shops that have been in and then you know they have to close because they can't compete with walmart yeah won't somebody think of the mom and pop hospitals well and <laughs> so many there are though like a lot right. of our critical access centers are these small community mom and pop shop hospitals if that you are will. beautiful some of them are really like amazing yeah. communities and it's like if you look at how Walmart has treated their employees or even the health access and benefits and things that they've given to their employees, which are huge numbers of people across the U.S. It's like, why not start at home and improve the health care and access and the like living wages that you are giving to your employees? And that could have a substantial impact on a number of people's health. But I think my like, ew, like, OK, I'm a target girl. But part of that comes from a <laughs> place of privilege of being like, 
I don't have to go to Walmart to make ends meet. And like there are certain times in my life in which I did um, the cheapest option. What is available in underserved communities like Walmarts are pretty ubiquitous, ubiquitous. And so I'm like quick to jump on it because of this like stigma of like, ew, yeah, Walmart. But if this is what is going to get otherwise inaccessible healthcare into the hands of people and traditionally maybe the lower SES populations that are in communities that Walmart serves, it's like, okay. Yeah. Um, and, and to be clear, and for now they're targeting um, uh, areas uh, that have high rates of chronic disease and low access to um, healthcare. Yeah, so like 80% uh, of the U.S. at least. Yeah. Ooh, oh. shit. I feel like, though, I'd be more excited if Walmart came out and said that they were going to be providing space in their stores for, you know, clinics or quick cares that were not associated with Walmart, but still in a location where people have to go quite often to get their to get their groceries and to get their supplies. And then, oh, look, there's a quick care or there's a psychiatrist or there's a nutritionist right here. I can just talk to them. But, you know, if it was coming from... Um, an organization that wasn't Walmart, I think I'd be more excited about it. So if it was Target, this is an interesting mind experiment, right? Like if Target was doing this, because Kylie kind of alluded to this, like, you know, there's a privilege of being able to shop at Target versus Walmart. Like if Target said, we're going to do this, like, do we respond the same way? I feel like my inherent bias is different, right? Like I actually might be more, I might respond more positively to Target doing it than Walmart doing it. It is still a for-profit industry. And... But healthcare is for profit. Often right. for profit. It is. This actually just came up um, with one of the toxicologists <laughs> I've been working on. Last week, I went with him to give a lecture at the pharmacy school. Um, and he was talking with one of the pharmacists about how it's only a matter of time before companies like Walmart and Amazon and things buy into and invest heavily in the pharmaceutical industry because it's really like the one thing they haven't touched on. Like they're creating their own like media and TV content and all that sort of stuff. And that with the money and the reach like they could literally outpower anyone else in developing these and kind of putting like you know their own niche and twist on the market and thus like driving up prices and things because they can isn't amazon already in the pharmaceutical industry because they do pill packs you can you can order all of your your um pills all of your prescriptions through amazon and they'll pill pack them up really nicely for you and like they have they have a pharmacy you're that's a pill pack by Amazon Pharmacy. Your it's actually oh, pharmacy. beautiful. beautiful. I think maybe they were talking more about like development mm, of okay. like pharmaceuticals. Yeah. Um, and then like marketing them through their platforms. But yeah, I'm sure that it's all problem. But I would just like to see Walmart stop being hypocritical and like better lives within their own industry without trying to put on an external front and like a healthcare logo in front of their yeah thing. Like, why don't you take care of your own people first? Yeah, they're notoriously in the news for like union issues and poor wages and or not providing benefits to their full-time workers. Yeah. And or their produce is shit. (laughs) So real bias. Like, (laughs) But it's produce. It is. But the thing is, is like, you know, they sell all the non-healthy things. They could become a Whole Foods if they were really interested in the population of health, like stop selling shit that is going to make the population chronically unhealthy. But they don't. And I try to buy my produce and stuff there sometimes because I still go to Walmart. Um, and it's not good. And or not all of them have it. Like there are some Walmart like grocers and things, but they could expand that to impact population health. I just think the way they're going about it is driven out of the wrong reasons. And it's possible they're doing the long game, right? They're they're getting into it at a 
low price point uh with the idea that a it will look good because they're you know going they're doing it in these small towns that have lack of access to health care they're offering affordable rates for um for various things but then once they're into it like for real then they could monopolize as they have done in other areas and is this good adequate health care who do you think they're recruiting to work in these walmart offices right thirty dollars a visit like how much are you gonna get paid as a physician i mean not that it's really about physicians pay but like you gotta pay for the, you gotta pay for quality sometimes right you the do. va ran into the same issues with taxpayer dollars covering malpractice for providers at the va so when patients or when providers lose their licensure in other states and or have had too many adverse outcomes in trials where they can no longer secure malpractice insurance for themselves they can go get a job at the va and be covered under VA insurance. And we've had patients with very bad outcomes through the VA system at the hands of those doctors. And Walmart has the financial capacity that they could do that for providers as well as covering like that malpractice umbrella. Um, And so I just worry about like, sure, we're bringing healthcare to these communities that don't otherwise have it, but just because they don't have it doesn't mean they don't deserve the same quality of healthcare as everywhere else. Right, is is it a matter of any healthcare is better like than none like uh, not sure yeah, right that. healthcare can harm right yeah and I, I don't know it just makes me think of like the like prevention versus treatment and kind of like what Kylie was saying like you could probably in the long run run if you're playing the like really long run game do a whole lot more good with making those changes to your store having better produce options getting rid of the junk food like Sure, have like a dietitian or something like that, but you know, I I don't know, like the the long term of like changing obesity and high blood pressure and chronic disease probably doesn't actually start in the doctor's office, but starts with like system changes to the way like our society functions. What if they come after us for like slander and well, I didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look. You know, we're just speculating. We're just uh, we're just, just batting around the topic. Check back with us in ten years and see if any of us are Walmart physicians. Okay. Walton family. <laughs> God Walton help. family. Uh, you know, do sponsorship. Maybe then we'll stop talking about you. How about yeah, that? There you go. That makes us complicit in the problem. Oh <laughs> right. Hey, here's a piece of advice that I absolutely hate. It's the stupidest, most useless advice ever from my perspective, and that is, and this is coming in the wake of uh, coronavirus. Don't touch your face. Have you ever tried not to touch your face? <laughs> Have yes. you ever been in an OR under sterile conditions? You yeah. guys, oh, so maybe maybe you're more uh, practice at this. Oh no, I like <clears throat> scratch it on posts and like chairs and things. Yeah, I can't do it. I literally, as I was typing that sentence, I itched my face three times. <laughs> um, Dr. Sarah Cody, director of the Santa Clara County Public Health Department, was the source of some internet amusement this week as she addressed the press when she had this advice, um, you know, don't touch your face and then proceeded to like lick her finger and turn a page. (laughs) She did that three times (laughs) during the press conference. I felt real bad for her um, because I know that I couldn't do it. Um, So I I couldn't either. Side note, I've always wondered why people do that when they're turning pages. Does it actually help? It's not my habit. Yeah, it I helps don't... you get traction with the wetness. Okay. It's not my habit, though. I don't really... I haven't ever found a real need to to do... Eh, and then... To, it, I don't know. But on the topic of 
uh, coronavirus and like hand sanitation and stuff. So I've been getting a lot of texts from my family who live back in Seattle. Yeah, yeah. People, it's like the apocalypse. Like people went to Costco and to all the grocery stores and there is no toilet paper. There is no paper towels, hand sanitizer, Clorox wipes, bottled water, canned food. I mean... People in Seattle also act like this when it snows, but not to the same extent that there you cannot go out and buy any of this anymore. And now a lot of my cousins and my sister um, are all teachers and some school districts are having to now teach remotely, even though there aren't any cases in their classrooms or in their building at all. Um, but it's just been interesting to see the reaction of people. Um, and it's funny because I think we've talked about this as a, as a group that the hand sanitizer has run out, but just normal soap hasn't, yeah. um, which does a better job of, of cleaning your hands. But it's just been interesting to. I think it's hard though. Like to. if you're sitting at your desk and you're typing out uh, notes for the show, and then you itch your face three times, you're going to get up three times to wash your hands. No, you reach for the hand sanitizer, True. I guess. So I also don't like. I just you know like scratch kind of the my cheek like close back to my by my ear, and so when people say like don't touch your face. It, Primarily, like I think they mean the mucous membranes, hands in the mouth, hands in the nose, touching your eyes. Like those are areas where pathogens are going to get in. I don't know enough about germs to know if they have little legs where it's like they're gonna crawl over from my cheek into my mouth. Like <laughs> that sounds like stretch. They can, sure, yeah, but like there are already bacteria on my face. And you guys want to talk about hand washing and all this shit? You know the dirtiest possible that. thing. She's about to graduate. She's like, I don't know enough about germs to know. <laughs> To know, to know whether or not they have legs. That's what Pointing case over previous conversations <laughs> yeah. in this episode. I would say, like, yeah, I'm not a germaphobe in the slightest. Like, I will eat things off of the floor in virtually any environment. Um, True. And can have confirm. seen it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But your cell phones are the dirtiest possible thing in your life. Your toilet is cleaner than your cell phone. You've probably seen all of these like spammy articles come out and say it. It's so true. Your iPhones are disgusting people. Take that personally. It's meant to be an attack. Do you do you wash your cell phone frequently? Do you put your <laughs> yeah, money where I your do. mouth is? Yeah, I grab like, those wipes. Lysol wipe that thing. Yeah. Or I, when if you're in the hospital, sometimes I just grab those wipes um, and give it a wipe down, wipe down my badge, wipe down my keys and stuff. It's, it's gross. I don't want to touch my phone and then touch a patient either. So I try and do it as often as I remember. Good. I'm proud of you. From but, the from yeah. the patient perspective, I actually should probably start. I was going to say that's probably why I don't, you know, because I want to get coronavirus. But <laughs> fair so, point that I should probably start to wipe but my phone But Danielle, because... you have to wait to get coronavirus because I need to make t-shirts that say, I went to Aaron and Steven's wedding and all I got was coronavirus. True. I will buy that t-shirt. And I'm I very will buy that t-shirt. excited. Although, selfishly, I really hope that it doesn't prevent any of us from getting to travel. Because that would yeah. be obviously a major bummer. I mean, I'm going to get in my car and drive if they cancel my flight because... I'm going to get married whether I fly there or drive there. I guess but. I hadn't even considered them canceling it. And if they cancel our flight, did they have to refund us? Yeah. Because I know there's like gotten. not epidemic coverage or pandemic coverage for certain things, but I don't buy travel insurance because I'm not at that financial security yet. Oh, I probably didn't buy it either. But um, You say you want to get coronavirus, and yet for years I've been saying, like, I really want to get a leech in one of the lakes <laughs> here in Iowa because we don't have leeches back home. And people oh, look at me like this. I'm crazy and i'm like i just want to know what the experience is like but of why? having a leech you don't know because i'm like is it you a painful know. sensation no, no. is it a sucking sensation you don't feel it well then it's like a little friend to go with me everywhere it's a parasite why do you want a parasite why do people want to get pregnant <laughs> <laughs> just because having a leech is comparable to getting if you name it pregnant. and dress it and like it hangs around for 18 years so this is why you wanted a baby first year of m1 occasional like you know 
hampering to your social events or things like that. I don't know. It's more than occasional. Yeah. <laughs> your children. <laughs> I just spit you're going to want to clean this. Also, what is this? Oh, like white filmy stuff on here. Don't worry about it. Gross. Okay. <laughs> Uh, you guys, part of the hidden curriculum is how to appear confident even when you don't feel prepared, right? Did you save oh. this for an all-lady podcast? <laughs> well, you might get comments from residents oh, yeah. and faculty during your clerkships to the effect that you lack confidence or you need to... You know, did anybody get those mm. uh, comments at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're asking a group of four female med students. So. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I was told that my self-deprecating humor was something the attending only saw among I rem- women. I remember you telling me I that, was yeah. fired up because... Like humor is just a way that I deal with life. Well, I, I'm talking I gotta, more. I gotta jump in here real yeah. fast. Oh yeah, go ahead. We had a oh, we had a hot is, discussion like, like a month ago. So I was told. Um, I feel by, like your oh, face changed yeah. color when I brought this up. I was up. like, why is she touching her shirt? Like, oh, okay, the, the zags. The best. No, yeah, go yeah. zags. But here um, we, now I'm on I, page. I was told by an attending that I needed to present myself because I was a young lady in a way that gained respect and created um, authority higher over my patients, higher over my patients. Ooh. And I was like, about the way I dress, I, I, I don't think I'm going to gain respect from the way I dress. I think that's how I treat people. And, and I don't want to create But what was the way you, it. what was the way you, so this was about your, your outfit. My outfit. Mm-hmm. What were you wearing? I was we wearing, can post a picture to the podcast, like, published site. Uh-huh. So that people know what she was wearing. I was wearing a uh, button-up shirt tucked into a pair of nice slacks and then some Oxford lace-up shoes. That sounds fine. And it, it actually, was. It, it was fine. I, it, it, to me, it was actually so much more about like her masculinity versus femininity and the fact that her her um, outfit was less feminine than the female attending wanted mm-hmm. her to be mm-hmm. presented. It, uh, to me, it was wow. 100% yeah. an yeah. issue of gender. If any man wore identity. that to the clinic, which they frequently do, and or less nice things, they... Like, no one bats an eye. Like, I could have gone and put Aaron's clothes on a very small man, and he would have looked just fine for the clinic, and no one would oh, have thanks. said anything. But you should have shown up the next day in a micro mini. <laughs> <laughs> and heels. And heels. And, and yeah, she's got the legs heels. for it. Six she inch heels. She does have the legs for it. Great. Shh. <laughs> I don't want any of that. So, but, but I think that more than anything, um, and a lot of my experiences are tailored towards the OR because that's where I've spent a lot of my time. But there's expectations. I've never been to Panama. I just borrowed this mug. Um, uh, there's just expectations that female medical students, female residents, female providers have to put more into the way that they appear or how hard that they work or how much they have to know um, to be treated as equal as their male counterparts. I mean, I've heard fellow students say that um, in the OR, they'll be given a question and they'll answer and their answer will be correct. And then the attending will say, that is right. But as a woman, you need to do more than that. You need to do better than that. And so it's... Is that... So is that an acknowledgement of reality? Or is it... Uh, That's a good question. Or is, it, is it a reality or is it a social reality we I, I mean, constructed? I, I know. I mean, I, I, I... Do we still have to prove that we are smart enough and talented enough and hardworking enough to be in the same roles that men are in. Yeah, I, I mean, I want to be clear that when I ask that question, I'm not saying that it is reality, but like perception is reality, they say, right? And so they're giving you the advice that you need to do this in order to be perceived as, which is horrible. Well, we're perpetuating these double standards. And because I think like I've had a lot of great female mentorship 
in med school and there are a lot of great people, but some of the older women physicians faced, you know, a lot of discrimination and things. And that's changed how they practice in ways that they do it. And so when they say, even coming from a woman, you need to study more. You need to be able to say more than that. Mm -hmm. That was their protective measure. But we're kind of propagating the same actions down the medical generations. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to fault them given their experiences. Yeah. And or like the studies still show we all did like a session on bias and like subconscious bias and things like that. And women are still biased inherently against other women in the STEM fields in mm -hmm. medicine. Mm -hmm. Olivia, have you ever faced or had someone make that comment to you or anything like that, that you need to be more confident or, or change the way that you're presenting yourself? I've, I've actually well yes not, not no specific examples come to mind but I mean I feel like when I've tried to implement that advice and then I've got the opposite advice that I come off too confident and that I'm abrasive Ooh, I've yeah, gotten that yeah. comment too so uh, yes. it's like I feel like I can't win yeah. the 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 bitch versus the leader yeah. right mm -hmm. the bitch versus the tightrope boss. the boss right yeah what do, you want, what do you want me to do do you want me to be more confident or do you want me to yeah you, you can't win on I'll take the bitch. I'll take the bitch <laughs> title. I'm fine with that. Like, fine. I, I don't know. You're a know. bitch, but your patients survive and have better outcomes. Right. <laughs> I don't really care if my patients don't like me or if... I, I don't know. I mean, I you probably do. do care. I do. But I don't know. Part of me wants to embrace that. Like, I'd rather just have people think of me as the bitch than have people think of me as, like, a, you know, ball in the corner that's hiding and can't be confident. I mean, you want... You, you need to be confident in your actions when you're taking care of somebody. And you want to exude that to your patients families i mean we've all uh been patients ourselves or our family members have been patients and you want to feel confident in this person that maybe you've just met just now and now they're whisking them off to surgery or trying a new uh treatment plan i mean you want to have confidence in them and you should because of their training and their expertise but um i suppose you do need to come off as as confident enough to to convey that to your patients and their families well let's see how confident you can appear <laughs> Uh, we'll I don't play, like this, Dave. We'll play a little <laughs> game. Feel on the spot. We'll play a little game. It's called uh, Poker. Keep Talking. <laughs> uh, this basket has some topics that I came up with. Um, you'll take turns picking a topic out of the basket. If you pick your, uh, yeah, you'll take turns picking a topic out of the basket. After which you'll have, I'll give you a few seconds to think about it. Um, and then you will talk on that subject for two minutes. Um, That's a long time. That is a long time. You want to? We we can knock it down. Sixty seconds. It's only like an hour podcast. We can knock it down. We'll we'll do uh, we'll do a minute. Okay. okay. We'll do a minute. Um, so you talk for one minute. If the purse if you do one of three things, you pause, you change the subject, or you say a filler word. Um, then oh, you're like you just um, did. <laughs> oh, I notice. Um, I am not proposing that I do this because I will immediately fail. I have been trying for the. Eight years that I've been doing this podcast, not to uh and um, it does not work. In fact, twist that around, Kylie. Twist that. Uh, that's what the white film says. That's what the white it film says, says uh, on your pop filter. Tur twist it around. It's twist. What? It's upside. Grab down. the pop filter. Twist it around. Oh. oh, see, I asked what the white stuff was. It's paint, guys. No worry, it's not flat. Is it white out? It looks like white. It is white out. Uh, it says uh. Anyway, that was my attempt to stop eyeing. Anyway, point is, um. <laughs> Yeah, if you, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, t I'll time you, and if you can last, for every 10 seconds you last, you get a point. Okay? Are you ready for this? 
yeah, you're going to have to edit this out, but this could totally be a bedroom game, too. (laughs) Every 10 seconds you last, I'll give you a point. I'm not editing that out. Danielle's mom is going to listen to this. It's okay. I warned her. She said, I don't have any expectations. Hi, Danielle's mom. Oh, man. I'm a heathen. Olivia's going to start. Why me? Because we talk too much. Okay, so rules again. You you have a, I'll give you a couple seconds to think about it. A couple seconds to think about it. Um, you can you can say what the uh, subject is. Okay. How to stop touching your face. Okay. <laughs> and you have to talk about it for one minute. No filler words. No pauses. And uh, and no uh, and don't change the subject. And okay. you could even I mean you don't have to say true things. It doesn't matter. I mean it's just the confidence that counts. We're not about false news here at the Short Code Podcast. Here we go. Are you ready? Three, two, one, go. I can think of many ways to stop touching your face. The first one would be to just keep your hands in your pants all the time, but you can't touch your face. Um, nope. <laughs> that was the only suggestion needed. You that made was it, so good. You made it 10 seconds. One point. You get a point. Although I picked up some strategy there, and it was like you were talking slowly and deliberately, and that makes the minute go faster. <laughs> Technically, no, but... <laughs> hands in your pants. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, there's nothing wrong with talking slow. Or, oops, sorry. Although he said we couldn't slow pause, it, right? Slow and measure, but you can't pause. Yeah, like. Define a pause for me, Dave. What's a pause? Well, in EKGs, a pause is. <laughs> no. <laughs> Danielle, what's your topic? My topic is how to hang a picture. Okay. All right. Are you ready? Sure. Go. So there are many ways to hang a picture on the wall. The first thing you want to do is find a hammer and nail. Uh, <laughs> you said, uh, it was the letter A. It's really hard. Keep going. Oh, keep I, going. I judge that you, you said find oh. a hammer and nail. <laughs> I don't remember where I left off. Hammer and nail. Hammer and nail. <laughs> hammer and nail. Okay. You find a hammer and a nail. Then you look at the wall and you decide where you want to put the photo. Once you, I guess it's a picture. It's a picture. You find where you want to put the picture. <laughs> no, I, that's fail. Okay, I'm going to, I have to estimate because you guys, uh, but I'm going to say you made it for two uh, points worth. Okay. All right. 26. I, that, sorry we interrupted you, Danielle. <laughs> oh, yeah. My topic is life as a fish. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me uh, reset this thing. Or blub, 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 four right. words. Ready, set, go. Let me tell you, life as a fish is great. You get to swim. You get to see all your friends like the sharks and the octopus and the dolphin. You get to swim really fast. You have little fish friends. You get to live in anemones. Being a fish is great, unless you get caught in a net or maybe some trash, because there's lots of trash in the ocean. Or maybe a fisherman accidentally catches you on his hook and then you're dead. That's not great. But life as a fish overall is awesome. The water is beautiful. You get to swim by some coral. You get to swim by some boats. You get to swim by lots of things. Swimming is great. You just have to keep swimming and keep swimming. And you can because you have a swim bladder, so you don't have to stop swimming. (laughs) And you can take little fish naps. And again, your little swim bladder keeps you nice and buoyant. So you can just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. That's what Dory taught us. There's lots of movies about life as a fish because life as a fish is great. They even made two movies about life as fish. And you know what? We've probably all seen them because we all know that being a fish is great. If I had to pick what animal I'd want to come back as, I would pick a fish because that's how great their life is. Stop. Wow. What in the world? 
Did you guys set this up what ahead of time? Point? A little fish bladder? It's a swim bladder. A swim bladder. Yeah. Yeah. And then, have you ever seen those things where fish, like, swim bladders pop and people make little um, life jackets for them so that they can keep swimming around in their aquariums? Yeah, if their swim bladder's <laughs> too full, they can't go down. I have absolutely yeah. no idea what you're talking about. Wow. So like, That was an impressive it. performance, Aaron. Thank you. I said, whatever person said that you uh, needed more confidence. Yeah. Mm -mm. They were wrong. I cannot believe that you just, like... That was so impressive. Yeah. You have right. for 30, 60 seconds. You're up. Let's see if you can do uh, the same. Hey, hey. Stop <laughs> looking at the things. I just want to get one as good as life as a fish. Uh, okay. Ready? Yeah. Well, no, I haven't read it yet. Well, okay. Well, tell us what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Why I gave up wearing blank. Insert article of clothing. Ooh, this could get real interesting. <clears throat> wow. Ready? Set. Go. Why I gave up wearing bras. An aspiring story of what I would like to be in a few years. Confident, free boobin, free ballin, <laughs> you name it, you got it. If women didn't wear bras, the world would be a happier, more breathable, freer place. Amen. There are multiple scientific studies that have come out and been published, although I'm citing scientific studies that I think were on USA Today <laughs> and not real scientific articles that women who wear bras for a le uh, like a lesser part that of the day oh man i was just gonna say that uh shows that your boobs actually like have more contractile like tissue and tension and things and they naturally hold themselves more upright yeah well that knowledge was lost because that. you were Sag not boobs. confident oh <laughs> so you what you're points. saying kylie is bras equal saggy boobs yeah, your boobs just lose their own support inherently. Then maybe that's like women too. We have inherent support and society tells us that we need to do something different with it and then it gets saggy and we need a bra. <laughs> we need society to hold it up for us. But you know what, women? Let your boobs, let your confidence fly and they're going to look better for it. Giving the middle finger to the support of society. Uh, but damn, I love a good sports bra. Oh, well, I, I yes. think y'all did very well. Um... Unfortunately, Olivia is the loser. She had the best she had, sentence. She had, I mean, yeah, that's true. She only got one point. Danielle came in second with but two that points. one-liner. Kylie was in third place with three points, and Danielle. No, I'm Aaron. sorry, Aaron. Aaron, she won the, it all. Uh, the amazing talker. Life is a fish. Well Until done. You go down the toilet. I'm telling you, that's how you get back to the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> taught you that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that is our show. Kylie, Olivia, Danielle, Aaron, thank you for being my co-host today. Thank Thanks you. for being brave enough to let all four of us be in the same room That's with you. It's been quite yeah. the thing. Uh, and thank you, Shortcoats, for making us part of your week. If you're new here and you like what you heard today, subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever else fine podcasts are available. I remind you that your questions are vital to the show because they mean it can be what you want it to be about. Be like Coleman and send questions to the shortcoats at gmail.com or call us at 347-SHORT-CT. We'll talk about it on the show. And while your podcast app is open, give us some stars and a review to let us know if we're doing right, just like J-Dog Swole did this week. Thanks, Mr. Swole. However, I'd like to think that my jokes are good jokes. The show is made possible by a generous donation by Carver College of Medicine Student Government, an ongoing sport from the Writing and Humanities Program. Our opening music is by Dr. Vox, and our closing music is by Catmosphere. Talk to you in one week. Thank you.